Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about white privilege because discussing divisive racial issues is always a great way to make new friends on the internet. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you all that if you enjoy this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe because it helps us out a ton. The tech overlords at YouTube now derank all of our content, so we rely on you guys, our audience, to share it on places like Facebook, Reddit, or Twitter, or heck, even just email it to people. That all goes a really long way for us, and if you do want to go that extra mile to support the show, you can of course head over to blazetv.com lauren and subscribe. You using the code Lauren to save money on your annual subscription. Not only do you help us keep the lights on over here, but you also get a ton of other great shows to enjoy. So white privilege. I feel like it's one of those issues that tends to get dismissed by a lot of people as just SJW bullcrap. They don't believe in it themselves, but they also don't see it as this huge problem to be confronted, just a random conspiracy theory pushed by Tumblr weirdos. I understand that mentality. I really do, and frankly, that's how I feel about the furry menace. Do I detest those people? Absolutely, but at the same time, it's not really worth getting worked up about because to quote Nancy Pelosi, that's like five people. However, when it comes to white privilege, I think it's a mistake to to sideline the issue as just fringe SJW nonsense. Over the past few years, white privilege has become mainstream and accepted among the establishment left. Remember when a few years ago, a DNC chair candidate went on stage spouting white privilege talking points? My job is to shut other white people down when they want to say, oh no, I'm not prejudiced. I'm a Democrat. I'm accepting. My job is to make sure that they get that they have privilege. And until we shut our mouths and we listen to those people who don't, and we lift our people up so that we all have equity in this country. This is not just rhetoric. This is life or death. Well, that was just the beginning, a foreshadowing, if you will, of what was to come. Since then, presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke, who is still in the race, for some reason, has admitted in an act of white progressive self-flagellation that he has benefited from white privilege. I have enjoyed white privilege. Absolutely. Undeniable. I have been arrested twice in my life. Uh, one for attempted criminal trespass and another uh, more graver offense of driving while intoxicated. Those mistakes didn't end up defining me or narrowing my options in life. And it's not because I'm a great person or I'm a genius or I figured anything out. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm a white man. And not to be outdone in the race for the title of most woke candidate, Kristen Gillibrand also recently shared her testimony of the gospel of white privilege. What do you have to say to people in this area about so-called white privilege? I understand families in this community are suffering deeply. I fully hear from you and folks that I've talked to just in the few minutes I've been here that it is devastating when you've lost your job, you lost your ability to provide for your kids, but that's not what that conversation is about. What that conversation is about is when a community has been left behind for generations because of the color of their skin. If nothing else, I do find Gillibrand's statements interesting because they pretty accurately reflect how conversations about white privilege 
tend to go. Person A will say something along the lines of, look at all of these poor, suffering white people who, by any definition of the word, are underprivileged. How can you say that they have white privilege? To which person B, who is woke, might respond by saying that white privilege doesn't mean that white people don't suffer at all, it just means that they have the privilege of their race never being used against them like it is for non-white people. So essentially what the progressive left is saying with this argument is that a poor white person isn't necessarily more privileged than a rich black person, it's just that they have the privilege of not experiencing racism. To which I still have to say, that's an absolute load of crap. The concept of white privilege comes with the incorrect assumption that racism only ever works one way, white people being racist against non-white people. That's just not how the world works though. There are white people out there who have experienced racism at the hands of black people, Hispanic people, or Asian people. Even in the West, there are white people who have experienced being a racial minority in their neighborhood, their school, or their job. You don't think those people who go to majority black schools being one of the few white kids get any type of comments or maybe even prejudice about their race at all. And I know the standard response to all of that is, well, individual cases of prejudice are different than institutionalized racism. Maybe white people can experience prejudice, but they can't experience systemic racism. I will acknowledge that there's a difference between individual racism and systemic racism, and that systemic racism is worse, but still, white people can experience both. I mean, what is affirmative action if not institutionalized racism against white people and Asian people? Being white and Asian literally hurts you on these applications. You're being institutionally discriminated against. Clearly, I'm not a fan of white privilege, but the thing I wanted to touch upon most in this video are the people out there who are charging white people to learn about their white privilege. Let me paint you a little picture here. You are a woke white progressive. You buy all of Beyonce's albums, not necessarily because you're actually into the music, but you want all of your friends and family to know that you're okay with supporting the blacks. You shop at Whole Foods because you enjoy the company's progressive politics and like how the higher prices keep out the working class riffraff. You do your part to be an ally to marginalized communities. You put a rainbow filter on your profile picture. You let the brown guy at your office, who you think may be Mexican, know that you don't support Donald Trump. Uh-uh. He's a bad man. A bad, bad man. But still, the weight of your whiteness feels heavy on your soul. So what do you do, white ally? What do you do? Well, you're in luck, sunshine. From our old friends at Everyday Feminism, for just the low, low price of $35, you can learn how to transform your white guilt into effective anti-racist action. This is a real thing, by the way. I'm not making this up. In this exclusive webinar, you'll be taught how to recognize destructive patterns and develop a healthier anti-racist white self. At this time in our history when so many white people are waking up to privilege and oppression and seeking to get involved, how do we engage each other more productively? How can we help each other take more effective action? You'll receive guidance that will help you cultivate a both slash and mindset that will allow you 
you to hold the tension of being complicit with racism and white supremacy while simultaneously cultivating a healthy white anti-racist identity. Wait a second, did everyday feminism just say that they're trying to help people cultivate white identity? And I'm sure you'll all be relieved to know that if you are a woke white person who knows other woke white people who also want to tackle their white privilege, like maybe from your drum circle or gender studies class, everyday feminism does offer group rates. You can purchase this course on white guilt for a small group of 5 to 14 participants for just $150. Or for large groups of more than 15 participants, you have the low flat fee of only $300. Wow, only $300 so my friends and I can feel less like pieces of garbage for the color of our skin? What a steal! As questionable as this everyday feminism class might seem to most of us, the truth is that they are not the only group out there trying to charge white people money to teach them how to not be racist. Racial Equity Tools has a course on transforming white privilege, a 21st century leadership capacity. According to Racial Equity Tools, the Transforming White Privilege, or TWP, curriculum is designed to help current and emerging leaders from a variety of sectors better identify, talk about, and intervene to address white privilege and its consequences. You see, dominant culture narratives or norms, for example, what constitutes a family, who is considered dangerous, intelligent, acceptable, and whose perspectives are valid, are codified in customs, laws, institutions, policies, and practices. They reinforce stereotypes and limit fair access in terms of who belongs inside and who remains outside circles of human concerns. This deep investigation and chance to work with these ideas can help build participants' capacity to identify, talk productively about, and act to address white culture, white privilege, and their consequences in their spheres of influence. Now, because this TWP course is more comprehensive than the one offered by Everyday Feminism, it is understandably gonna be more expensive. For an individual professional or small organization, the course costs $250. For large nonprofits, government organizations, K-12 schools, and higher education institutions, the cost is $500. And finally, for foundations or corporations, the fee is an admittedly hefty $1,000. I know that may sound like a lot of money, but remember guys, you can't put a price on being a good white ally. I mean, I guess they did put a price on it, $1,000, but you shouldn't put a price on it. But if those classes aren't enough and you're still yearning for some more white re-education, then have no fear. There is an entire conference dedicated to the issue of tackling white privilege. I am, of course, referring to the aptly named White Privilege Conference. There's a system in this country uh, whereby people of color are systematically oppressed um, and that's the white supremacist system and that's what we're talking about. As a concept, it's always been there. I don't necessarily know that people have fully begun to recognize it. The walls that we put up to prevent people of color from getting in keep us locked as white folks and, and that we have this opportunity to free ourselves. It's like our lives are very small and limited and we can't even tell it. Yeah, that's some serious white savior complex they got going on. Also, that video looked super 90s to me, and it made me curious as to how old this white privilege conference thing was. And I looked it up, and 
it's been going on for like 21 years, which still doesn't explain why the video looks 30 years old, but still way more longevity than I would have thought they had. Now, sadly, registration for the next white privilege conference in 2020 doesn't open until next year. So I couldn't get a full breakdown on prices, but luckily they have posted the costs of their middle school and high school programs. The three-day youth action project is $240 per participant, and the one-day institutes for high schoolers and middle schoolers both cost $110 per participant. And look, if you don't have the time or the budget for an entire conference or class, but you still want to learn to deal with your white guilt, then don't worry, because there are also books available to you. The book Understanding White Privilege, Creating Pathways to Authentic Relationships Across Race apparently has a new, much-anticipated revised edition that includes an entire chapter on white women. And the book White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism is actually a New York Times bestseller, so you know you're getting quality. Both of those authors, by the way, white women, I'm kind of noticing a trend here. When it comes to political commentary or activism, grifting is something that people get accused of all the time. Me, Tim Pool, Dave Rubin, The Young Turks, Francesca Ramsey, we all get called grifters by people who don't like us. I'm not saying that commentator slash activist grifters don't exist, people who say whatever about politics just for money, but I think the term gets used way too often and thrown around to people who it doesn't apply to. I don't like the Young Turks or Francesca Ramsey, but I'm pretty sure that they do believe every single thing they're saying, and that's just not grifting to me. When it comes to this whole white privilege business though, and trying to charge white people the tools they apparently need to learn to not be racist, that does seem a little more suspect to me though. White progressives, on average, let's be totally honest here, they tend to be better off, right? These aren't working class people we're talking about. To an outsider, it almost seems like these woke educators have created a problem like white privilege that has gained acceptance among wealthier circles, woke progressives, and they're now charging these woke progressives money to cure themselves of a problem that they conveniently pointed out exists. Real talk, not the worst business model I've seen. And what's ultimately so ironic about this whole conversation surrounding white privilege is that it doesn't even make white liberals less racist toward POC. All it does is make them more racist toward other white people. As Zayid Jelani writes for Quillette, quote, what researchers found is that among social liberals, reading a text about white privilege did nothing to significantly increase their sympathy toward the plight of poor blacks. But it did significantly bump down their sympathy for a hypothetical poor white person. Among conservative participants, there was observed no significant change in attitudes at all. Kind of seems to me like all this talk of white privilege isn't making race relations better, it's actually making race relations worse. Who'd a thunk? But that's pretty much all I have to say about this issue, and as always, I would love to know what you guys think. Do you think these people who are selling the cure to white guilt actually believe what they're saying, or is it all a big grift? And what do you think of the white progressives who actually buy into this stuff? Is there any hope for them? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.